Hey, Chris, um, I'm not going to be able to make the game tonight. Um, I know it's only a few hours before. I'm, I'm kind of sorry about that. Uh, that's too bad. So, all right, so you're kind of sick or something? and Yeah, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I'm not feeling so great. <clears throat> yeah, just play without me. Just play without me. I'm 100% sure something like this has happened to you before. As a game master, oftentimes, life gets in the way of your games. Player absence can be a real problem, but there's different creative way to deal with it. I am Chris. And I'm Matt. Welcome to Roleplay Chat. We're two game masters who just can't stop talking about role-playing games. And today we talk about player absence. Mm -hmm. Our conversation today is going to be a little bit more freeform. Uh, we're not exactly sure where it's going to take us, but some things that we definitely want to talk about are first and foremost, how do you ensure that players don't miss games in your campaign or, or you know, strategies that you can do to avoid having people miss games altogether? And when it happens because life happens, how do we try to deal with the problem, at least? Mm -hmm. So I, I think that covers most of what we're going to cover today, Chris. Yes, Matt. Let's role play, play chat. chat. So the first thing we're going to talk about today, as we mentioned before, is how do you set up your game, or your, your, your campaign rather, to avoid having your players be absent? Or have... A less impact. Yeah, so know. it's so it's not a problem and you can still play and not have to reschedule or cancel or something like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so I think we, we've had that problem uh, in my campaign, especially at the beginning, because it was really about... I was calling everybody like, oh, what's the next day? I think it was Facebook we were using mm -hmm. or, or emails, I don't remember. And I would send like... Here's the three dates I was thinking about. And then people were like, yes, I can, yes, I can. And it would often end up that I have five players that at least one couldn't make, couldn't it. make it. And I always, I was like, okay, are we playing four? Or am I trying to find another date? It's not even that we had a date and someone at the last minute was canceling. It was hard to find a date. Yeah. And something, even if I had the five players, then life happens sometimes. And someone would cancel, often last minute, by last, last day. And then I'd have to make a judgment call. Mm -hmm. And I'm not super decisive. So sometimes I'd call someone and be like, so this happened. You think we should play? Do you think we shouldn't play? And then I would like cross-reference with everybody. You know? It's kind of a nightmare of organizing all this. Yeah, well, I know. And it, it's, it can be a struggle, right? When you're, especially when you're not playing too, too often. I think at that point we were playing once every couple of weeks. Mm-hmm maybe even once a month in, in the worst times. We were trying to play every two weeks, but it would come up often once a month because yeah. of that exact problem. And and I know you, you know, like you said, you were scheduling them kind of one game at a time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we came up with a pretty interesting solution. Maybe you've thought of doing this for your games, but we came up with what was kind of like a, a registration system mm -hmm. where we would set up a, you know, five games every two weeks for a period of two two months let's say or maybe three months and 
all of our play, all the players would either commit to those days or say, you know what, I, I'm going on vacation. I don't think it makes sense for me to be a part of this session. I'll sign up next time. Yeah. So some, I think some people do the thing where it's like, we play every week or we play every two weeks and it's fine, but our group at least have a busy life. So mm -hmm. that way you can, it, it seems uh, easier to deal with. It's five weeks. You, you commit, commit to that. To and if yeah. you want to break, uh, and what's good with it, we found is the fact that the game master can also take a break. If you've done like three of these season, as we call, and you've done 15 games and you want to take a little break, you can take those five weeks, mm -hmm. uh, five games, and someone else can game master in their own thing and go back and forth. So that that's, that's really cool. And I found that having this commitment, people would cancel less and it would, for me, it removes so much problems of, because the game master is already responsible for the game. Some, most of the time he's, uh, he or she is hosting uh -huh. and sometimes the food, it's everything. And on top of that, it's finding the date. It's a lot to put on one person. That way it's kind of a communal agreement mm -hmm. that if someone misses out, like it's, it's everybody's problem. Yeah. Another uh, mitigation strategy I find to avoid the impacts of absences is to kind of do the opposite, where you kind of embrace the fact that there's going to be absences, so you purposefully include a larger number of players in your basin of, of people in the campaign. You know, so in terms of active players, maybe your campaign is going to be running with seven or eight people, but that's under the pretense that every time you play, two or three of those people are probably not going to be able to make it. I, I've run something similar to this when I was playing with coworkers. You know, we just had a bunch of people after work and I said, you know, every other Friday, I'm going to be playing a game. Of, I'm going to be game mastering uh, a game of Dungeons and Dragons. If you want to play, you can play. And if you don't, that's cool. It, it doesn't really matter to me. Mm -hmm. And that, that kind of set up an interesting dynamic where some some Friday nights, we were seven people at the table, and other times, we would just be three or four. Did you find yourself sometime rejecting people? Be like, okay, we're too many, or you would actually I would, play with... I would just allow anyone that wanted that's... to play. Um, it was hard. Yeah, that's probably hard. It, I'll be honest with you guys, it wasn't as intricate of a campaign as something that we might yeah. expect. And it's not... Uh, character, character driven, not character driven whatsoever. It depends, I guess, on the game a lot, but yeah. it's an interesting way to do it. I think for me, the the right balance in what I'm trying to go towards is to have like a subbing system, mm -hmm. to have a core, maybe five people, and depending on how many people you want at your table. For me, I prefer four, three even, but four is good, and I'm okay with five. That way, if someone's missing, then I have like two people maybe mm -hmm. that are, they have their character made, they know kind of the story, they can come in, fill in the blank, and it doesn't stop anyone from playing. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, if you don't have that, that priority, then it's, uh, I, I wouldn't be comfortable running for seven people, but I would like to have seven people. <laughs> on hold to play yeah, yeah. yeah. and and i kind of do but it, i need people to be like i want to play but i don't mind not playing as often as the game is running yeah if that makes sense yeah, absolutely mm -hmm. um another 
obvious mitigation strategy, it might seem obvious, I guess, to me, I think it's important to talk to your players about absences and how you expect their commitment. Like, how firm is the commitment for your game? Um, yes. If, if one of my friends who's going to run a game tells me, hey, Matt, I really expect the people to sign up for this to be here every other week for the next five months, at least I know as a player, like, okay, I can, I know what the expectation is. And if I can't make it to your game, it needs to be, not needs to be, but it, it ought to be a really good reason. Like I'm very sick or I have like a wedding that just popped up that I had to go to or something like this. Mm -hmm. Um, and by setting that expectation, I think it makes everybody happy. If you just say, hey, we're going to play a game every Friday. Do you want to come play? And then that person's like, yeah, sure, I want to play. But then something else pops up that's maybe higher priority to them. Mm -hmm. And you've never had this conversation of how you expect them to be present. They might say, hey, my coworker's having a birthday party. Sorry, I can't come. And then they go to that instead. Yeah, my in-laws want to see us. And it's not a really a special occasion or anything. And mm -hmm. It, the, the scale of when is when it's okay to cancel a game, at least as a player, not to go, needs to be clear, for sure. And maybe you're fine with that. Maybe you're not. I just think it's important to let people know that right from mm -hmm. the get-go when they're signing up to play. Yeah, that's why also the signing up system is interesting because you kind of have to have this discussion. It's yeah, not yeah. going to be casually thrown, like, oh, we're going to hang out and everything. Because sometimes the problem is... For people that are not into role playing that role playing game that much, and you start a new game and you want to bring people in, yeah, and you you tell them that they don't know that you take it. Well, at least I take it seriously as like I want it to happen in the the, the, the best way possible. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it feels, I guess, not wrong, but it feels overly nerdy to be like. We're playing D and D, and it's very important to me. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to like scare them off, but at the same time, if you don't do that, you have to be okay with them potentially not coming. Not coming because something that you don't think is that important, yeah, came up. Um, another tool that you could use that I used to use a lot, um, especially when I was planning them, planning games kind of one at a time, was I would use a system called Roll Twenty or not? Sorry. <laughs> Not Roll20. They used um, a free website called Doodle. Maybe I'll put a link in the bottom, in the, the doobly-doo down below, if I remember to do so. And it's it's basically a, a scheduling app where all of the players can put in the days that they're available independently from one another. And then it spits out the day that everybody clicked as available. So basically what I was doing, calling each other and trying to organize it, yeah. the app does it. So the, I, yeah, that's probably a good way to avoid waste of time mm -hmm. but what happens if there's no crossover that's the thing right <laughs> if there's no crossover then you kind of have to make the decision as the game master the day that works better for you basically because mm -hmm. you're, you're the one essentially putting the game on but it's just just something that you might want to consider using if having that kind of expectations conversation is maybe a little bit too intimidating or or you're afraid of how it might scare people off from your games I think that covers the mitigation, mitigation kind of aspect of it, how you try to avoid it as much as possible. Mm -hmm. But life happens. But what happens if you still want to play? You have one player missing, maybe even two player missing. Um, we're going to talk about how we deal with the problem. There's different ways to do it. Mm -hmm. 
So Chris, let me start by asking you. If you have players, one or two players, that can't make your game, and you still want to have your game run, what are some things that you do, or what's your favorite solution for this problem to continue playing and have a game that's still plot relevant, still moves the story mm -hmm. forward? For me, hands down, my favorite way to deal with it is to find a, an interesting reason, or at least a reasonable reason, for the character to not be there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that needs, it means you need to be at a point in the story where it, may, it makes sense. Uh, for instance, we have the Blood and Betrayal campaign where the last game, we mentioned the fact that uh, in episode five, Diedrich wasn't there when they went in the Skaven lair. Mm -hmm. I won't go into the details, but essentially his motivation, it made sense for Diedrich not to go there with the group. So it was okay that you, the player, yeah. missed that game. And I can't remember why I missed it, but really there was no way I was going to make it. Yeah, yeah, no, I rem um, don't remember the reason, but it was, at, at this time we weren't scheduling, and I think we all, we planned the game knowing you wouldn't be there, yeah. and it would make sense. So, for me, I have no, actually, actually, I have no problem, I actually find that it helps the story, it feels more real, mm -hmm. because your character wouldn't want to go with them in the sewers in that situation. So why would you go just for party, whatever? Yeah. So I really like that. And then it opens up other opportunity of seeing what are you doing while this story is going forward. And we're going to talk about it a little bit more. But um, that time I decided to make you play a one-on-one -on -one with me where mm -hmm. we would role play together what you did while the story was going on. And it created a cool moment and a character evolution that made sense in the story. And it happened like it will happen multiple times in the story where people are missing the game and it just the character leaves yeah. and comes back with uh, a background evolution that makes sense. And it's okay that we did not go through it. And it's, it actually, like you're saying, it, it enhances the experience. So I think one tool that you guys can try to take from this is if someone can't be there find a way to you know send that player character somewhere that makes sense for them to go in terms of their motivation or the story maybe even talk to that player and say okay you can't be here we're about to go into the dungeon or into the you know the tavern or whatever reason what do you want to do instead mm -hmm. where will your character go how can we take your absence and actually you know evolve from it um, and and then, like you're saying, it, it adds to it in the sense that Diedrich, when I returned to the players, I was different. I had something that I could role play. We could interact with each other where they would say, whoa, what happened? Why are you like this? Why are you like that? And then it, it, it just helps drive the story forward in addition to all the information that was given to me in the first place. Um, and what's, what was great for me about this is I knew this thing was going to happen to you. Like something that would only make sense to happen to you. Yeah. And... I wouldn't want to have a game where the other four are there to see you do that thing. Like it's, it was too centric for your character to have other player there. But at the same time, if we play every week and everyone's there, then like, I don't have the opportunity to make your character evolve in it and in, in, in its own ways. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So it was really, for me, it was actually a relief that time to organize that thing in other occasion. 
it's really a jungle a juggling act where I, I like the mental exercise of after the game having to have like dots and connect them in a way that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But it isn't like it's it's work, and some people might like it, some people might not. But for me, I like the fact if I know enough in advance, and the story is at a point where it makes sense, I actually enjoy having this challenge, as long as it doesn't ruin the game. Like if we have yeah. only two people, and the, the the thing that when it doesn't work. It's when you stop kind of in the middle of combat. So Yeah, or in the middle of like a dungeon delve or something. It it, it can that I, becomes tricky. Yeah, you can be like, I'm leaving. You could maybe have one of the other strategies that we have here is mm -hmm. is can you maybe get somebody else to play that character? Um so or is that okay? Do you have more to say about No, I think I think it's it's good to switch now it's and it's I think it's the next best mm -hmm. thing. Uh, but kind of have to be careful. I, I think it's obvious that like, oh, you just play that character. But I think it's what might not be obvious is who plays that character. Uh -huh. Is it the game master? Is it the player? And I've actually heard some people, I, I'm not exactly sure where I, I stand on this opinion, but some people have very strong opinion about allowing the game master to play a, a character. In part, oh, really? yeah, in part, and I can kind of, I, I can understand is that because the game master has so much going on already. They yeah. know so much information. It becomes difficult for them to have a truly unbiased opinion about what that character's actions ought to be. Even if the game master is trying their very best to be unbiased, mm -hmm. there's a little bit of that bias that might slip in. So it becomes really, really hard for them to do it. You know, if you know where the information is and you're playing the really like investigator sneaky character how are you going to know like what to what not to do be? yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah i think it's for me it's all and the other the other side of the coin is if a player is playing it playing the character the problem is the if you do a bad choice and something happens uh -huh. and it triggers a trap and something horrible happens i feel like it's not good sportsmanship for the game master to um, harm severely. Harm severely, exactly. A, play, a character whose player is not actually there. So it kind of creates that kind of plot arm, weird plot armor where it's. So what it's, Chris is saying is if you don't want to die before a big final boss, don't show don't up. Don't show up, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it kind of happened to me when uh, at the last encounter, one of our players wasn't there and someone else was playing, like someone who only had that character to play. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can't really, like as a game master, I'm like, I can't really kill that character now because it would be kind of... It would be hard to you know, justify it or... Yeah, know. So, but what I like to do is outside of combat, I think the game master should control the character mm. and in combat it should be another player because otherwise it's too much I, I think i don't know about you i think that's the common way to do it yeah i i'm also i don't want to say i'm a fan of it because i feel like it's a really simple and almost too simple solution mm -hmm. but to do the whole like you become a following npc solution Mm -hmm. especially in a situation where you're like, okay, you're in a big dungeon. There's maybe not that much for you to do. So you're going to guard the cart or you're going to, you're just going to kind of follow along and watch the door and make sure nobody comes, like comes following you. Mm -hmm. I, 
they can kind of use it as a puppet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I I know you guys have probably already have thought of doing that, so I don't want to del- like dwell on it too much. But it is it is a solution, but I think like like you're saying Chris, it's a step better to allow somebody else to control that player to make actual actions. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying maybe have a substitute player come in and play that character or a substitute player come in and play a different character so that it doesn't kind of sway the balance of your combat and then come up with like a small reason to send that other player away. Mm-hmm. There's a the in the last uh, a storm of ratman I think that was kind of cool when we started and Diedrich, the player you play, wasn't mm-hmm. there. But the player of Umgrim was yeah. not there. So I give it to you. The other players thought that today Matt is playing Umgrim. And that kind of led to a cool moment where you, you, you played Umgrim for the first half, maybe. Per half let's yeah. say first half of the, the combat. And at one point he jumped and got stuck somewhere. And then you... You were kind of out of the combat as Umgrim. And that's when I brought Diedrich in. Yeah. And then you switched to Diedrich. And it created that moment where the players weren't expecting you to switch character in the middle. But you only had one character to deal with. So mm-hmm. that that was... I mean, I can't really say it's a tip for you guys. Because it's so specific. It's very circumstantial. Yeah, but it's it, it was cool. Another thing you can try to do that I think is really fun is have your player who's going to be absent come up with a prop or some kind of contribution to the game that they can do off screen. Mm-hmm. Um, in one of our Blood and Betrayals, Diedrich wrote a letter to the party because I knew I wasn't going to be there. And the, pl- the party was able to use Diedrich's information to kind of still progress. And it kind of made me feel like I was still a part of the adventure and it justified my absence. So things you guys could do is s- similar things like have a letter or even without a physical prop, you know, you could talk to your player one-on-one and then get them to relay a message via a courier or a, or a carrier pigeon or a raven or something so that they still feel like they're contributing despite being gone, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really cool. And it, I mean, it's kind of homework a little bit. A little bit. A but little bit. like if your players don't mind, it, it, it adds a lot to the story and to an absence. And we're... Maybe something that is worth mentioning. We're talking about player absence in terms of like missing a whole session, but some of those tricks we like I've been using, and I think you too, as like if someone shows up late, like they're there two hours, three hours later, you mm-hmm. find a reason, and then they they arrive in the middle of the action. It can create other cool things. So don't see absence as totally negative. It can really be a springboard to interesting things. Yeah, and. Like you're saying, some of the most interesting story reveals or plot twists or things like that kind of come from the the, the player's ingenuity despite being absent. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, these props, these tools that you can bring forward. So I challenge you as a player, if, if you are a player who might have to miss a game, try to think of how you can, what can you bring to the game even if you're not there? Find a way to talk to your game master and see if there's a way for for your contribution to still be relevant um, and for your absence to make sense in the story. That's that's really a good, like, that's a gift for a game master to receive that from a player, Mm -hmm. especially unprompted. You receive, like, when you gave me that letter, I was like, that's cool. Now, like, I get a prop that I can give them. It's it's, it's really nice. 
I feel like we have to talk about the other way to deal with it. Uh, the way of... It just... The character just disappears. And... Mm-hmm. We nobody as- asks Nobody questions. asks questions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you think about that? And this might be an unpopular opinion, but I think it's a lazy solution to this problem. Um... I know we don't always have time to make props or to talk to our players or, or to get input like that, but I'm not a big fan of it. I I think if you're reading a book, if you're watching a movie, if you're telling any kind of story, heroes, main characters, don't just disappear. They don't disappear, and a role-playing game is no different. It's mm-hmm. still a medium for a story to be told, and I think that the game master and the players should work together to prevent strange little plot holes like this from happening. Mm-hmm. This is a perfect like this is a perfect situation. I know that it happens. I'm guilty of making that happen. I know in one of our Rising Tide games, mm-hmm. I kind of hand waved and said, "Oh, he saw one of his gods and he was like shocked and he didn't speak for the whole day." <laughs> <laughs> well, that was Finding a reason. It was not a great reason, but you did find a reason. But it was mostly like we couldn't interact with the character. And obviously, if a player is missing and you find a like someone else plays the character, as a player, don't like don't go interact with them and ask for like plot reveals. And obviously, it's kind of on hold. But but I feel like making a character just absent and then becomes reappears reappears yeah i agree with you is it feels lazy and i don't want to i don't like saying that because some people that don't mind at all about all the story thing we're talking about might find it offensive yeah and i we don't mean to offend anyone no it um it really depends on the type of game you want to run and obviously if it works for a group and nobody cares yeah that's that's totally perfect i care yeah, and I'll use one of my games as an example. The one that I talked about before with my coworkers when we were several people, that's what I did. Oh, yeah, you, the, you, you know, have to kind of. Like... They didn't care. Mm-hmm. The The plot was not about their characters, so their mm-hmm. decisions mattered, but their backstory, <clears throat> their backstory didn't really matter very much mm-hmm. to the whole what was going on. So that's what I would do. I would zoop, zip, zap, People would disappear. People would come back, and they they didn't know any better, and they had a blast. Yeah, and this in the in the solution of having too many players and assuming people are going to be absent, it's going to be a nightmare to deal with yeah, it. Yeah. Even with the system of the like the subbing system, it's it's I let's hope it doesn't happen often because it can be quite a juggling act. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it's 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 on the table. It's not a great solution, but it is a solution. Um, another solution that. I think is pretty popular and a lot of fun is to kind of run like mini improvised games, especially if a lot of people can't make it right. Mm -hmm. If you're in a situation when you're five players, but three (laughs) of those five players can't make it and you just have two players left. One solution could be pull out a board game and play that. Mm -hmm. But those people want to play, they want to play role-playing games. And Mm -hmm. I mean, as a game master, I do too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You were, it's about expectations, right? All we're saying is talk to your players and everything. It's about fulfilling the expectation. And if they are there to play a role-playing game, let's do it. Uh, it works for also 
improvised session. I, I had that happen to me one day. We mm-hmm. were actually, I invited two of my friends to play board games. And you were like, you know what? We can't, like, let's play the let's role play playing the game. game. Yeah. Let's play the game. Like, well, you're only two players and we're supposed to be five. And it's time for a side quest. Yeah. Uh, and that was great. Uh, and sometimes when people are missing, it might be worth it to, like, go a bit, like, do a detour. Not yeah. to advance the story too much if you're missing too many too many players. Uh, what some people refer as the critical mass. Um, but if... If everybody's up for it, why not? Why not? And one thing that I've actually, if you don't know this about me yet, I really like one shot camp, like one shot mm-hmm. games. And lately, I've over the past couple of years, most of my one shots are very loosely interconnected. Mm-hmm. And the the campaign that we're running now, or not now, but the, depending on when you're watching this or <laughs> listening, um, the campaign we're running now, the Rising Tide campaign, mm-hmm. is set kind of in the same matte cinematic universe as some of my players like to call it um so i've actually come up with a few other of these one-shot games that take the players and like superimpose them into the skin of somebody else and if Mm. if you could make it to the game chris but two of my other players could i might tell them hey do you want to play in a different like not a side quest but like a side plot that may or may not be important to the actual plot, but it you know it it continues to develop world building. It fleshes out maybe a faction that they don't know a lot about mm-hmm. that maybe isn't very present in the actual game that we're playing. So it kind of still feels like they're getting something out of it, but they're not totally influencing, or they're not influencing the main plot at all. Really. So is it the same characters? It, you... it might be, yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. for instance, there might be a faction. I'm going to throw one out of my head. It might be, like, the Thieves' Guild. Or it might be uh, one of the other pirate factions. So there's several other pirate factions that you guys interact with. You know a little bit about them. It would be fun for a player to know maybe what faction X is doing and what their motivations are. So one of these one-shot adventures might be them going on a quest to collect treasure. It might be them saving a village. It might be something like this. Mm-hmm. And you get to interact. And actually, as players, you would get the opportunity to further flesh out and develop some of the characters on that ship or in that faction, which I think could be kind of fun. That's cool. And you're, in terms of timeline, would you say it's parallel? It's probably like in the past. Yeah. Because I, I have I, I really... one that's... Go ahead. Sorry. I have one that's... I was hoping to run a couple weekends ago when we were at the cottage, but it mm. never happened. And it was actually concurrent to what was happening right now. Mm. Um, that's cool. And then I have a few other ones where it's, yeah, they're, they're kind of like backstory for other pirates or other people in the world Mm. so that maybe the next time you interact with them, you could, as your character in the campaign, have information about that person that maybe, you know, for other reasons. I don't know. Yeah. I like, I I had the similar, like thought about one of my players were saying, was saying like, I don't feel the character. I don't know how I should play him. I don't. And, and I talked to him and we talked about the possibility of actually going back in time and role-playing through his youth. Oh, cool. and like in fast forward and developing the action that was written in his backstories as... Like actually, facts actually, that he didn't know. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's cool. And I feel like you could do that anytime. Like mm-hmm. you're... 
you right now we're stuck we're attack uh, we're uh, assaulting a, a boat in the rising tide if next week some people don't show up then maybe we could go back in the you have two players let's say i have uh, my player edward and mora who have a backstory together mm-hmm. you could go back in time and reenact uh, something that we know happened but the details are not there and you know what you might obviously you're not gonna die because otherwise the story does, doesn't make sense but it could be cool to like you you get slashed and you have a scar now that is actually there in the future uh-huh. or anything like that helps flesh out the character yeah absolutely i think it's it's fun it, it lets you explore different parts of of the story that you didn't get the chance to explore before and it's timeless not timeless but it it can happen whenever you want um, mm-hmm. uh speaking to that I think it could also be really cool, maybe not really cool, I would enjoy as a player to play a random NPC Mm. to help that other person develop their player character. You know, maybe I'm one of their friends from back home that never left the village, or maybe I'm a a town guard who you could bring up at another time and you could play as the game master. Mm -hmm. Um, But at least it allows me to help contribute to my fellow player character, my, my other friend's player character, still be a part of the game, still sit down and, and be there, but it doesn't force the game master to be in a situation where it needs to be a one-on-one mm-hmm. adventure. Yeah. I think that could be kind of fun, actually. Yeah, and so if we clean that a little bit, what we're saying is if you have, like, let's say, four players and two are missing, maybe instead of running the usual campaign, you could actually use something from your story mm-hmm. either an npc either their backstory and put the story on the side and still play in that same universe same storyline yeah. but in a parallel way that uh, adds to the main story and you can still get to play that that day yeah exactly and i'm sure the players assuming they're very interested by the world you're playing in i think would have a lot of fun all right well that was a cool discussion we didn't plan a lot of this in advance we had some points but Mm -hmm. i think uh came up with the cool things and we might even try to incorporate more in our games yeah and i hope you guys found them useful some of the things that we talked about we, we started off by talking about mitigation strategies to avoid having the issue of of absences have a much of an impact on your games so some of the things we mentioned included, you know, setting expectations with your players or creating like a scheduling system so that you don't have to worry about when people are coming. They're always going to be coming at the same time or within like a session of several months or two or three months at a time. Um, I think maybe something to mention that we forgot in the video is the fact that what's cool with that is also that normally it's the game masters that has to call everybody to schedule it but mm-hmm. if you know in advance then it's the it becomes a player responsibility to call the game master to cancel so it shifts the yeah. responsibility and that one of the major thing i enjoy about that system mm-hmm. um another mitigation strategy could be kind of the opposite just embrace the fact that people are going to be absent and as a result you're going to need to have more players that are part of your regular scheduled games but if more than one or two of them are gone at a time, you don't really mind because there's just so many of them. Yeah. And then we talked about, um, okay, it's fine. But when it happens, what do we do? And we talked about the fact that if you're using the strategy of having more players, the best solution might be just to make, just 
they disappear mm -hmm. and reappear whenever needed. But we mentioned more satisfying ways to deal with the problem. Uh, the, my favorite is to find a, a good reason in the story for the absence and use it as a springboard to have a better story. Mm -hmm. And But that is based on the fact that it needs to be possible at this instant in the story to kind of have this detour before coming back to the main plot. Another, another solution is to talk to your players and to hope or ask them to give you some kind of prop or input as to what their player is doing outside of the game and still contribute to the game session. So it could be a letter, it could be a raven, it could be a messenger that they send, or, or maybe they they leave like a, they do something that the players interact with, like maybe they, they go off and destroy a, a tavern that they think is the bad guy's hideout, mm -hmm. and then the rest of the players come. And anyway, find a way for the player that's gone to still be present through their actions in the game that you're happening, that that's happening. Yeah, and obviously if, if it doesn't make sense for the character to be absent, then you have someone has to play it if mm -hmm. you don't want just to disappear. So we mentioned, I think the most common way to do it is the game master does the outside of combat, the narrative ways, the, the narrative, narrative parts of it. Mm -hmm. And while the players take the character, uh, when it's during an encounter, a combat encounter to be more precise, uh, more about the stats. Right. And then I think one of the last things we talked about for dealing with the problem of absences is to have side quests or even better yet, I'll use it as an opportunity to develop the backstory of various NPCs and have your players play them or have your player play their character in the past, kind of do a time shift so that they can explore parts of their character that they haven't had the chance to do yet. Yeah, and sometimes even as you do a story, you might fast forward through certain things that you might want to go back and revisit. Mm -hmm. I know Critical Role kind of did it with uh, the search for Grog. So it's sometimes it's a good a good way good way to do it. So I think that covers pretty much everything. Um, we do have a community question for you guys, and it's pretty it's pretty basic. Uh, I just want to know how do you deal with player absence? Do you have a creative solution that we didn't think about yet? Uh, I'd love for you to comment down below or to reach out to us. You can follow us and comment to Twitter or on Twitter rather. Um, our Twitter handle is at Roll underscore play underscore chat. Or uh, we have an email that's contact roleplaychat at gmail.com. I hope that you guys are enjoying our videos. We're starting to consider potentially different formats. But if you do have suggestions for things that you really like or things that maybe are a little bit less interesting to you as a viewer, I'd love, you know, Chris and I would love to know what that is. Same thing for those of you listening in podcast land. Uh, please reach out to us. We would love to know, you know, what what parts of the show do you like? What parts do you like a little bit less? So that we can focus in on those things for you. Um, and I think that's everything we have to talk about for today, Chris. That's all, Matt. Let's call it a chat. Bye.